Season two of The Mandalorian was incredible. This week, we recap some of our favorite moments from the season, we break down the finale, and talk about what we want to see going forward, right here on the High Ground Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining me for this uh, very special episode of the High Ground Podcast, because... I'm doing two this week, <laughs> but we had this amazing finale and I can't just, I can't just not cover it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and time is of the essence. We gotta, we gotta jump in here. We gotta talk about it. Um, and I kind of want to talk about the the whole season and, and then we'll really nail down on this, this grand finale. Cause it is, uh, it's blowing doors off of everywhere. But I want to start by going around and having everyone introduce themselves and let us know, you know, uh, who are you? How'd you get to Star Wars? And also, where does the Mandalorian rank in terms of, you know, all of the projects, all of the movies and other shows? I'm curious where, where Mando ranks for you guys. Uh, I will go to Matt first. All right. So, um I started watching Star Wars back on VHS with my friend when we were like five, six years old. We used to watch the there was the VHS that had like the Yoda face and the Stormtrooper face and Darth Vader face. And we would just watch that constantly over and over that Indiana Jones. And I think Saving Private Ryan. We were like eight years old. We shouldn't have been watching most of that stuff. We just watched that over and over again. And the prequels came out. And I remember thinking like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We could have had the prequels the whole time. Like, this is super cool. I was like, I screw the original trilogy. This is where it's at. Like, there's action. There's no action in the, the episode four. That's boring now. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I just, like, took off and started learning more about it. And, um, like, it's one of those things of, like, you love it, and then it kind of goes to the side, and then something big happens, and it brings you back to it. And so for me, it was like Force Awakens. My wife had never seen any of the Star Wars movies. She knew nothing about them. So when she was watching uh, episode five, when Darth Vader's like, I am your father, she's like, that's the scene from Toy Story 2, like with Zerg and Buzz uh-huh. Lightyear. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's that's the scene. And so she got to watch them, you know, all the without me spoiling anything. And she's like, oh, like, this is crazy. So we watched episode seven and we all knew that Han would kick it. And even then me and her are just bawling her eyes out. And then Disneyland comes out with uh, Galaxy's Edge. And I'm just like, oh, this it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Like they really just like. I love it. So that's that's my whole thing with it. Um, and as for where the Mandalorian ranks, I would say it's probably top five, maybe top three. OK. Uh, I, I, I like that a lot. And uh, uh, and how about you, Amaya? Also, does um, everyone uh, want me to call them just by their first names <laughs> or do you, you prefer your, yeah. your, your TikTok handles or my first name is fine? <laughs> OK. All right. All right. Cool. Same here. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, Maya. Um, so I was raised in a Star Wars family. Like my dad had seen all the movies in theaters when he was younger and made my mom watch all the movies. And he's just always been watching the movies when I was growing up. And I used to be scared of Yoda when I was younger. <laughs> it's a fun fact. Um, he's really, he was really into Darth Vader, as you can tell by the helmet in the background. But um, so yeah, and then. I used to watch the Clone Wars like on TV when I was really young with my brother too and just kind of grew up with Star Wars, I guess. Um, and as far as Mando, honestly, 
after the first season, it was kind of towards the bottom of my ranking. Not because I didn't like it, just because I liked all the other content better. Mm-hmm. I feel like after this season, it's definitely been boosted up on my ranking. It's definitely on like the higher end of my ranking now. I love this season so much. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I... I, I kind of feel you on, on that one as well, because the first season was was a little slower, a little bit more deliberate, but it, it needed to be. And yeah, uh, but yeah, I think we'll we'll get into that. And then uh, how about you, Kev? Yeah, very similar, similar story to everyone else. Um, my dad. So my parents split up when I was young and our tradition was the first night of custody switch off was always was tough for me. So my dad would take me to the movie theater every single time. And that was that was it. It was every Wednesday night. Let's go to the movie theater. And uh, so he got me into Star Wars and he would he would take me and it was just it became this like spiritual, magical thing for me. So um, same as Amaya, my dad, huge Darth Vader fan. And uh, and then like Matthew was saying, and then when the prequels came out, it was this whole new world. And then fandom became a different thing. It became this this daily discussion, daily topic, you know, instead of just having the VHS in your grandpa's basement, it was now a part (laughs) of life all the time. And uh, so, yeah, so I connected a lot to growing up. Um, It's very important for me. Uh, I I would say like, like I'm dating, I'm dating a new person right now. And um, I'm like, I have to ask the Star Wars question to see if it's even going to see if it's going to happen. It's that important. As far as where the Mando ranks, um, for me, it's always been really high just because every week I'm praising the gods of cinema and TV that we have live action Star Wars. Shocked and amazed <laughs> that it ever happened. And so every week I'm just and in some of the some of the episodes that weren't as good quality, am I was saying maybe a little bit slow burn in the first season. I'm like, hey, we got live action Star Wars. I'm ranking this historic <laughs> and special. And I'm and I, w- I just would do parties and, and rituals and go way overboard. So ranked it really high. And this <laughs> season was great. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, it's it's funny because uh, for me and my and my wife, you know, my wife is not a huge Star Wars fan, but I m- made sure like there was no chance unless she had to be uh she had to be geeky and agreeable to it you know and we can introduce each other more into their you had to be open circles. to your whims open to your wild whims with <laughs> it, star wars exactly exactly that's a must um but yeah all right so here in in season 2 we got um a lot of cameos and side characters you know some from the previous season some new popping up uh and real quick i just wanted you guys to, to hit like what were kind of your your favorite um characters that you saw pop up and, and why so i said pick one or two kind of give a list i may have forgotten some if the, if i forget some that's cool you know just adam uh but uh amaya who who stands out to you um well obviously ahsoka because she's just my like number one favorite character ever and to see her live action is something that I always wanted like ever since I was like young and was watching Clone Wars I was like I want to see what she looks like if I like met her in person um so when I found out that she was like coming and being in live action it was just like amazing news for me and I was not disappointed at all by her I loved the entire episode I loved everything (laughs) about her like it was just I like freaked out and I don't really like I don't give like verbal reactions and stuff when I'm watching stuff like alone. But when I was watching, like when I first saw Ahsoka, 
um, I like yelled. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's Ahsoka. Cause that's like my Star Wars dream come true. <laughs> um, and her lightsabers looked amazing too. Like everything, yeah. like, I was so in awe. I like all of her, like I, I loved it. I loved her so much. Um, and also Boba. Um, I feel like I didn't, I never thought Boba was overrated. I just, I know a lot of people really liked him and I didn't really feel that same like liking for him. Um, it was just, a little overrated. Yeah. <laughs> just because we, we, I mean, we saw some good like action in the original trilogy, but I feel like we didn't see like, I feel like we didn't see enough for me to be like, I love Boba Fett, you know? But yeah. in season, like, like, oh, oh my yeah. God jaw dropped i was like speechless he was amazing like i love boba fett now (laughs) (laughs) agreed i'm in the same camp man yeah my wife and i used to clown on boba fett all the time be like boba fett where and like because when she saw she's like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute people think boba fett's a bat but he didn't do anything i'm like well Ah. like in comics and stuff he does she's like but like in the movies, he didn't do anything. He looks cool, but he didn't do. He yeah. got beat by a blind man, That's like a not like a cool critique. blind man in like Rogue One, like a, like a blind blind man. <laughs> and so I was like, well, like you know. And so going into this, one, I was like, oh, Boba Fett, okay. And then they just he he just I was freaking out and oh, good job, Filoni and Favreau, man. You guys just definitely wonderful. Dude has rockets on his knees. Like the, 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 the hell? <laughs> ran away. <laughs> They're like, oh no, nope. Guy's got rocket on his knees. I'm not yeah. messing with that. Goodbye. I quit. It's, it's like some Captain Falcon stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, right? Jumping jetpack and into the face. Uh, but yeah, uh, how how about you? How about you, Kev? Kev? I I one note on the on the Boba Fett thing because that's a great topic because if you if you take someone who's never seen star wars and you're like i'm gonna show you the most beloved character that people dress up at cons they flip out about like people just go bananas over this people make purses and helmets and then you show them empire strikes back and return the jedi they're like a non-star wars fans like okay goes out (laughs) in the worst death ever is barely on screen but he just connected with people over the years and but you're right now we got this character development it's it that's what i'm saying i'm just like so stoked to have this um i'm all about the core team i'm all about the core team i love i love Cobb vanth was was awesome to me it was like the greatest side character and i was so bummed he wasn't on the rescue team Mm -hmm. he's got to come back in maybe he makes it as part of the rangers of the new republic I loved Cobb Vanth. I loved the one, all the one-off characters. I thought this last Mayfield arc was incredible. I didn't like that character at all. I was like, Me come neither. on, Bill Burr, Bill Burr complaining and whining. But this episode, all that dialogue about the Empire and about life and what war is like, um, it was so good. But I'm all about the core team. So I love I love Cardoon and I love Grief. Grief is like, mm-hmm. I was scared they were going to take Grief, but Grief is my guy. And I go all the way back to the Predator days um, with Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So when Grief um, got into the show, directed a couple episodes, I just love the way he delivers dialogue. I love the way he talks and he's become like this grandfather figure. So I like the core team. I'm all about it. But the one-off, you know, Cobb Vanth is probably, he was a home run for me. That was such a cool, that episode's at the top of my list. The first episode of this season is just phenomenal. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, agreed, agreed. And then, um, and, and, and Matt, uh, do you have any more thoughts as well? 
You know, I, I, I loved all of it. One of the things was the Cobb Vanth. I'm like, where is where did he where did he go? Where is he? Um, <laughs> but also where was the other what was the, the third Mando with uh Bo Katan, Sasha Banks? That. Yeah. I was like, where's the dude? I was like, it is it just because like they the just A-force, wanted to bring in the ladies, the A-Force? It was yeah. Great. I know. I, I, was, I was watching it and I'm like, wait a minute. This is all women. Like, this is just the, the strike force, just all women. Like, good job. You guys, yes. the, you know, everyone. I, uh, my daughter that. I was like, look at this. All four just crushing these troopers is ladies. And they're just it was amazing. Yeah. Girls getting it done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, that was just my uncle. I was like, where's the other dude? Like, where's where's the other dude? I, I uh, you know, but my favorite thing in the episode just as someone who loves wrestling was when sasha banks ddt boba fett i was like that's this is i love when wrestlers who are acting in movies do wrestling moves that you would never see in those yes. movies i like, knew she, she was gonna have DDT'd. some good stunts because when i found out she was a pro wrestler i was like those stunts are gonna be awesome uh, she, and she's good too she's good she's been yeah anyways i go up for her but yeah that's that was my just i was like oh that guy's not there but the boba versus her i was like oh there's ooh, like look at boba it makes her look strong him look strong just the fight pieces and then my last thing i'll say is someone posted on tiktok about how the scene at the end of rogue one mirrors luke skywalker yep. coming into death watch and i was like that's Favro, man like how do you think of these things i just yeah i loved it love star wars love this love the mandalorian it was wonderful absolutely i mean for me like first person that jumps out to me is um is is obviously ah- ahsoka uh ahsoka and bo-katan both of them specifically because these were both characters that we never had any live action version of mm-hmm. they were full cg characters um both from Clone Wars, both got pulled into Rebels, and then we got live action versions of them. And I think they just did a, a phenomenal job bringing the characters to to life. Um, I heard, you know, a little bit of of gripes of like uh, Ahsoka didn't use reverse grip enough, but <laughs> yes, the, the nitpicking. And but but. Like, I feel like, listen, I'm the king of nitpicking. Like, I pick out those little <laughs> details. I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. The rule of cool. The rule of cool. But, like, if if you, you know, watch Rebels, she doesn't use reverse grip nearly yeah. as much as she did in Clone Wars. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. Her fighting Even style in Clone hasn't Wars evolved. Season 7, when she was fighting Maul, she wasn't really using reverse grip that much, which is why it didn't bother me that much. Exactly. Like, it's actually more detailed, not less. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, when Bo-Katan shows up and you see uh, the Night Owl's helmet, I was like, wait a second. They're doing it? They're, are they doing it? That was crazy. That was crazy. I mean, that's just so deep. That's such a deep cut. And, you know, it, it's like that thing. If you're a non-Star Wars fan, you're watching like, oh, these are cool. This is really cool. Look at these beautiful Mandalorians. That's cool, cool, cool. But Clone Wars fans and animation fans are are just fainting. They're fainting in the background. It was crazy. It was crazy. Oh, in really other, quick. I, yeah. Sorry. Can I can I bring up uh, the other characters? Moff Gideon. Uh, I knew he had a plan from the go, and th- like he would have won that entire exchange had uh, the Deus Ex Machina of Luke reached out with the horse and be like, "Oh, my little my little Grogito is in trouble. Better go <laughs> save him." Like Moff Gideon won. He he knew yeah. what he had to do to win that exchange. Like he didn't beat Mando. But he beat Bo-Katan like it's you know, it's for me, it's just like he had that everything would have worked out fine. He would have won that battle. He had checkmate, checkmate, checkmate. And then Luke Skywalker comes in. He had the psychological game. Yeah. Yeah. He had it all down. 
And yeah, for the just... record, Matthew, you remember like we were talking with Chaco last week and and Darth Chaco is he was saying this outlandish prediction that nobody was down with, but he was so right. <laughs> like it came so close to Bo Katan and like Mando having a having yeah. a conflict. And that's like Chaco's understanding of the lore of Mandalore. And season I, I was three. Like, it's happening. Season three. It's happening right before our eyes. <laughs> Chaco called it. And it just got so he saw close. Two, yeah. I think I think he's still right. I honestly think we're still gonna get that, just not this season. They're like, yeah. look, we yeah. only got 40 something minutes. Let's save this, you know. And so I think they're still gonna have a showdown because it that that was a huge plot line that didn't get resolved. Like, you know, it's as someone else pointed out on TikTok, they're like, Yeah, like uh Sabine may have given Bo Katan her the saber, but she didn't win it in a fight. It was a it was a royalty given it to royalty. Mando won that sword in a fight. That means a lot. And I don't think Bo-Katan will accept that any less than a fight. They and gave, I, they gave Bo-Katan some some edge in this episode. Like mm-hmm. that whole scene, you see the fire in her eyes. Also, when she's she's like calling Boba Fett out, like you're just a you're just like a stinking clone. Like it was like they, <laughs> yeah. gave, her, they gave her some edge. And I was like, Yeah, Jocko called it. And, and, I thought she died. She got lit up. She by Moff, man. He, she just Got up. She's like, nah. Next time, Gideon, try again. <laughs> well, I mean, I I do assume she's got the the full Beskar get up because she is royalty, yeah. right? She is like, yeah. I mean, she is the heiress. That <laughs> that was her her name. Um, but yeah, Katie Sackoff kills it, and the fact that she has been the voice for all of these years, and then she actually gets to play the character, it's just Perfect. just so cool. It's just so Perfect. cool. Perfect. She, she would come on Collider quite a bit and chime in, too. And they would always talk about her Star Wars career. And now it's just blowing up. It was cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So then we'll, we'll kind of hit a uh, couple of the episodes here. Uh, you'll notice that I left the finale off of this this list because uh, I think we all have plenty to say on that separately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this one, I'm I'm going to I'm going to Kevin first. You mentioned uh, the Marshall being you know way up there for you, but yeah, your your thoughts. Which episodes this season? Top, top, top. Not only top episode of of this season beside the finale. Also, last season. Um, the first episode of season two takes takes the cake. And it's also one of my favorite episodes of TV ever. I mean, there was just, there was reference to all the Star Wars creatures. They said Womp Rat like 80 times in that episode. <laughs> they just kept saying, like hammering at home, like just in case you didn't know, there's Womp Rats. Cobb Vanth is on it. They showed different um, species all over the place. And then to bring in the crate Dragon as this legendary deep lore cut that we'd all seen the skeletons of. We've seen Obi-Wan Kenobi do the, do the growl, do the, <laughs> you know, the, the Tusken Raiders scare off. That episode was just so big. And, and, and the cinematography was beautiful. The feel of being in a Western, you know, mm-hmm. Mandalorian is always talked about as this Western interpretation of Star Wars. And it just, it just hit all those marks. And then you got these little these little teases that Boba Fett's really going to happen. It's really going to happen and become big. Timothy Oliphant's awesome. He played he's played that character in like four westerns already. So they're like, just put the Boba Fett armor on him, let him do it. He even played that exact same thing in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Quentin Tarantino. Oh. It was just <laughs> it was just it was just perfectly cast. So to me, that's a that's just a top episode. The speeder scenes were beautiful. 
out, you know, anytime you're getting out into just the big landscape tattooing, you never know what's going to hit you. It's going to be Star Wars comfort food. So to me, that's top episode, top episode besides the finale. Yeah. And one thing like that episode really did is um, it's really hammering in this thing that there's only one Star Wars and this is all Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm not going to watch the Clone Wars or I'm not going to watch uh, Rebels, all this stuff that says for kids or, um, you know, having Cobb Vanth be a character, a, a canon character from the Aftermath book Aftermath. from 2015. Um and having them, you know, respect all all of this canon material that has come before it, yet they still reached into, you know, Kodor and, like, had you play out a mission where they buried bombs underneath the Great Dragon. And then, you know, like, they just really respected all of Star Wars and represented all of it. I think this, this show, just in general... Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Well. It's that it's some sort of magical creation where all Star Wars fans from whatever era find unity in the Mandalorian. You know, they're giving enough pieces and enough touches. I, you know, I'm a Clone Wars person. I'm a sequels person. I, I, I'm a animation only. I'm old school trilogy. This show has just hit the magic button and brought everyone together. Everyone's happy. They're partying on Friday nights, and uh, <laughs> there's very little controversy. I mean, we can find some, but. They've done a great yeah. job They'll of find bringing some. everyone together. You can always find some. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, your thoughts, Matt? Uh, what episodes jump out at you? You know, one of my probably my favorite episode of the season, other than the finale, was I can't remember the name of it. It's the one where Boba Fett's introduced, where they're just like, "Hey, Boba Fett, here's a stick. Go kill like a hundred people." <laughs> And like, other than that scene just being amazing, and someone posted that video about like the the audio captioning of like that scene, like Boba Fett swings his stick and cracks it, and like, because I love when stormtroopers' armors break. Like when I saw that in the Force Awakens, Chewbacca's blaster just booming up and you know uh, the, their armor. When Finn stabs him with his lightsaber and the armor cracks, like I love seeing their armor just break like glass. I just love it so much. But like my favorite moment was when Moff Gideon has a clean shot at the Mandalorian and is like, blow up his ship. Like, eye for an eye, he destroyed my ship at the season finale, season one, blow his ship up. I could kill him right here and now with my death. No, blow his ship up, walk away. You know, I was like, how do you, like, he just, that was my favorite moment because it's such like, this is Moff Gideon. He's this guy that he encapsulates the Empire, this cocky, but they got it to back it up, like this big kind of like, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want. And nine times out of ten, I'm going to win. So for me, I was just yeah. the smugness of him, Boba Fett, uh, you know, Ming-Na Wen, just killing it as Fennec. Mando Yoda's little stance with his little hands. And uh, just <laughs> for me, I stood out. I was like, this is a peak of what everything yep. should be. Robert Rodriguez did that episode. Uh, yes, he did. It was amazing. There's there's still one thing that just it uh, it just rankles with me in my head and it's how come Mando just didn't put his jetpack back on Every, <laughs> I know I just, I just, we that forget is... we forget if you ever play D&D it happens you're like I put my jetpack down and then you're playing the game and the game's like wait a minute wait a minute you didn't put you didn't say you put your jetpack on and yeah. the guy's like oh no but roll... I, I probably did no you did you can roll to put it back on <laughs> yeah that one it's you left it back behind yeah. you ah snap but like what would what, Mando would have died had he tried to pursue them no you're absolutely right but <laughs> it just you know I, I'm always watching this and you know you 
with doing storytelling, I'm sure you see whenever they point something out and you're like, okay, yeah. they're telling us this because it's going to be important later. And that's what I thought. You know, the very second episode, he was able to call his jetpack, you know, just yeah. automatically from his wrist. And so I was like, oh, okay. Oh, they probably forgot There's... then in that case. You're totally right. Yeah, that's probably just a plot hole. <laughs> I, I was certain that that's why they showed us that and he was going to be just like just just call it come on man but it's it's it's, yeah, all, it's, it's, all, it's maybe it's true. not like, like a i've gotten more steering. i've gotten more questions about the jetpack on on tiktok than anything like that plot point <laughs> people are just like i can't sleep i can't i can't go on with life until we talk about this for two hours yeah. sometimes well, you know they they hint to stuff like in the final episode when they they're on that little plat that little like hallway and there's the the giveaway that you can follow like oh this is going to be important later no it's going to be important in about 10 seconds and then we're foreshadowing like, i was like oh okay so that's that's not really foreshadowing i guess like and so, you know but but again like i said i i'm kind of king nit, nitpicky uh with noticing stuff that's why i only yeah. bring up the stuff that i see other people talk about because i don't want to ruin <laughs> Thanks for anyone else. Exactly. You and can't, like, you I can't shut down everything. the genius, Chaco. You can't close it off. It's always going. Well, I also, I mean, we, we got it. We have enough, you know, hate and stuff in the community already. I don't want to give any extra ammunition. <laughs> I will oh. wait till this dies down and then I'll give a dissertation on it. But uh, yeah, don't start a whole new army <laughs> off of off of. OK, okay. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how about you, Amaya? Um, I think that. Despite my obsession with Ahsoka, I think that the Boba Fett episode that we just talked about was still my favorite episode just because of that fight scene. Although something that did irk me while we're talking about the irkness in that episode was when the stormtroopers were running from the boulder. And I was like, why didn't they just jump to the side? <laughs> the guy with the turrets just like all blew it up. <laughs> he went all the way to the end. He went out fighting. <laughs> it's because that was an allegory to America and COVID. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that that scene. But like, we've all been there. Like, it was like a video game scene. Like, we've all been there. If we feel like Battlefront Two, you've been like, "Oh, there's a tank coming at me," but I'm gonna turn. Well, I'm not moving. I'll blow this tank up. I don't care. And then you don't, and you die. So, I, I would mean, say it's pretty. I feel like that uh, that concept though is exists in all media. Like, I see people oh, in yeah, movies no. running from cars, and like, I'm like, straight. Zigzag. Just straight. Prometheus. Oh, like, Prometheus. That scene where she's running. It made sense. <laughs> but logically, it just made me upset to see that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but these I mean, are, these are trained soldiers? Classic troopers. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, the, but in that episode, the way Fennec, uh, Shan, you know, jumped backwards off that rock with the swagger of a black teen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, she didn't, she just landed on the ground. That must have hurt her back really badly. Like, it looked cool, but, like, she could have just, like, turned and hopped off. She didn't have to do this and whole And that life. shot, that shot, Robert Rodriguez has done, like, three times in his Once Upon a Time in Mexico and Desperado series, that exact shot. It was classic turn around with like a revolver it was yeah. perfect i've done that exact same shot in halo 2 um <laughs> uh but yeah i mean for for me i have to go with um oh man so i i do love that episode i also say you know the the heiress at the end because we had this such a beautiful um, nod to a, a Kurosawa uh, samurai face-off 
yeah. on this like serene waterscape just inside this fence and outside was a, a Mexican standoff. And like those two things right next to each other was just so freaking cool. Um, that along with, uh, you know, when we had um, the whole arc that um, uh, Mayfield had, he had the second deepest arc in the show next to Dick. Crazy. Crazy. In two episodes. I hated him in the first time I saw I him. Did I did not like, like him at all. I loved him. <laughs> that he's such an a-hole. I loved that so much. Well, the first episode, I felt like he wasn't acting. I love Bill Burr's comedy. I was like, that's just Bill Burr in space. Like, Show up and be funny. <laughs> you saw Gungan? <laughs> exactly. Like, you know he you know he already had that impression on, on deck. Yeah. Oh, once. <laughs> but, um, you know, having him show like this crazy amount of acting range uh, in crazy. that episode Beautiful. where, you know, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, he's a jerk. But that's because of how, you know, how he's been. He's seen the horrors of the Empire. He's seen yeah. that it's not better on the other side and that both sides will leave planets ransacked yeah. and, you know, everyone's screwed. So just get yours and get out. And then... He grows from it and is willing to sacrifice himself and put himself in front of this Imperial uh, who's too high and mighty to even even notice That him. performance from that superior officer was amazing. Oh, my gosh. He did like, amazing. Everyone in the, in the world wanted to, like, strangle him. Like, he was so hate. <laughs> he, he was so hateable. Beautiful was, performance. He's the empire. He's he's the embodiment of just cocky. I don't care. I'm empire. If you're not a if you're not wearing these cute little hats that we wear, you're not a, a real empire. Like you're just fodder. You, you're, I, yeah. you're right, Darth Chaco. I think it's the to me. I I didn't love it the first time I watched it. Now I'm like, this is the most rewatchable episode. The poetry, the dialogue. It. I mean, you get so much out of that episode. It's yeah. it's definitely underrated. It's. Beautiful, beautiful layers and layers and layers. I mean, when he asked the question, is it you can't show your face or you can't take off the helmet? And you're like, oh, yeah, those are two very, very different mm-hmm. things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, a lot. And like, man, that he Imperial. That one to Mando, uh, uh, everyone's got their rules and their religion up to the point of desperation. And then everyone breaks it. Then we're all equalized. And that like whole discussion while they're driving the tank. He's like, yeah. We're all the same, really. The bottom line is if you can sleep good at night. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm writing this down. I'm for all my screenplays and everything. I'm just, just like, yeah, that's it. Like, we're, it doesn't matter how much we claim about religion or Jedi or Mando at the end of the night, who's, who's sleeping good? And the uh, elation that you felt when the music swelled and the TIE fighters came in, and you're like, yeah, Empire, <laughs> Empire. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's show the show this indigenous people who's boss, and you're like, wait a second, that's yeah. I was, I was like, I forgot, and then I saw all the stormtroopers come out and start shooting at like the people, and I was like, wait, they're the bad guys. Like, I should not be happy right now. But that was a very important episode because uh, that's what got us to the finale here, and. Uh, Ooh. And I, I lumped together. That's also why I didn't put, you know, Dan and Grogu on, on the characters part, because um, their, their story is tied so deeply into this, you know, this this finale. So, yeah, let's let's just jump straight to the finale. And uh, 
what it meant to all of you guys. Uh, I think I started with Kevin last time. So, uh, Matt, your thoughts on it? Uh, I- um, I, I was so I was sitting there with my son and I'm jumping out of my chair off the couch, shouting and screaming like, oh, my God. Oh, shit. and my son's three years old sitting next to me like, oh, my God. Oh, shit. I'm like, no, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say this. <laughs> like, you know, like I was losing my mind every five minutes, not even every, every 10 seconds. I'm just freaking out. My son's there mimicking me like my just laugh because it was just. It was such a great finale. Everything you could ask for from Star Wars, you had good blaster scenes, the fight scenes between um, Moff Gideon and Din, the, the, when he was struggling against that one death uh, trooper, I was like, oh, Din, man. And then he <laughs> shot him off into space. My wife was like, oh, thank God, that's a little anticlimactic. I was like, baby, they can fly. Like, they're yeah. coming back. What are you like? <laughs> they can fly. They're, they'll be back. And then my like, favorite scene was just, other than obviously like Luke Skywalker, uh, was right at the end when Moff Gideon put the gun to his his like his chin. He's like, "All right, well, see you guys. I'm out of here." <laughs> and he just right at cars say, you know, stopped him at the last minute. I was like, "That's it. That's like the supreme failure of the Empire." Is like that right there was a cocky, confident man. You know, at his end, he's like, "All right, I'm done. I'm I cannot come back from this. Goodbye, everyone." And, you know, it's just for me, I'm just like, it's so much character growth. You saw how this Moff Gideon, like, you may not know this, but if you know something, I know something. And like the whole time, A, B, C, D, he's always in the know-how. And once Luke shows up, his whole plan's out of whack. He goes for that desperate attempt on Kara, tries to shoot Grogu. And he just like starts panicking. And I love that you have this character growth of, you know, confident Moff Gideon. Because honestly, I don't think he was worried about you know, uh, Mando coming for him. Like we saw that had Luke not done that, he would have won. So I think it was just that, that beauty of confidence shattering to the ground. And just for me, that was the highlight of Moff Gideon's failure. And I can't wait to see what he does for season three. Cause like, we know he's going to be back. We know he's going to be important. What is it are like, what's going to happen is the, you know, the, the new Republic going to be like, well, we can use him. He's going to be a good guy now. And, you know, so like because the New Republic, as we know, with with Andor, they're not technically New Republic. Like we know that the Republic has done some shady things. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I wouldn't doubt if they're like, well, Moff Gideon knows and he's a survivor. So like make him part of the crew. We need that's a great call. That's a great call. That's what I'm hoping for. He's such a great actor. Um, And so like that's that's I just love I love Moff Gideon. So, you know, that's my two cents on the whole thing. Yeah, I I especially love because. there is a few moments of, of this that really brought me back into um, Captain America Civil War, uh, spe- <laughs> specifically how the the robot was opening the door was uh, exactly how how Iron Man did it when I just uh, oh, punching his face. <laughs> oh, I loved it. It was. I was like, his helmet's going to break. His helmet's going to break. Like, is this, is this what they were talking about? Like, is Pedro, you know, is uh, Din going to never wear a helmet? It's going to be shattered. And I was like, oh, oh. so yes. chills. Chill. Yeah, he got his, his bell rung. I, I thought he was going to get, like, <laughs> breached the hole from the opposite yes. side or something. <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, also, you know, Gideon's plan also felt kind of like a Zemo from that. Where yes. he, mm-hmm. it was a divide and conquer. I'm going to throw this monkey wrench in. I'm going to throw this grenade into this group of people. Watch it explode. And uh, I'm out of here. And T'Challa <laughs> saved him at that time. But yeah, I had, I got some Hard vibes from that. But uh, Wow. There are a lot of parallels. That's absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Simo oh. tried to shoot himself in the end through the through the chin, just like uh, uh, yeah. Gideon did. So you got to live with your sins. You don't get to get away. But yeah. my call, actually, no, I'm, I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna save it. <laughs> uh, uh, Maya, your your thoughts on the finale? Um, it was great, and it really not that okay. It felt like Star Wars to me, and not that whenever I watch anything Star Wars, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. Like it always does. But to me, when I was watching it, and especially with the dark troopers for some reason, like I loved them, and I was like, this is so cool. It's like Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> The ending made me ball my eyes out more than Clone Wars season seven, which I cried a oh. lot for. So that was surprising to me. I was sitting in my bed at 4 a.m. and I was like, I'm sitting here crying over baby Yoda. <laughs> but oh my gosh, it was, I mean, the best episode in the whole season, the best episode of Mando in general, in my opinion. I just loved it so much. And actually, after I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to go rewatch it with my parents and see their reactions. So I'm very excited for that because. <laughs> They're Star Wars fans too, so yeah. <laughs> also, the dark troopers are also known now as dubstep troopers as well. Yes, people um, flipped about that. People flipped. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, how about you, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, this was just. I I just have thousands of comments on this. I I remember I remember last night when. Because we talked earlier and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if just one X-Wing showed up and it was like Red Red 5 calling in. And they didn't have the Red 5 call sign, but they show one X-Wing coming in. And I was like, okay, but it's still not going to be Luke. It's going to be Ahsoka or somebody else using an X-Wing coming over from the Republic. It's going to be Sabine or somebody, whatever. And then you see the robed character and I was like, okay, but it's still not going to be Luke. There's no way they're going to pull this. This is, it's still not going to happen. And then you see the black glove on the robot hand and then you see the green. And when that happened, my heart was beating out of my chest to the point where I I, I was like, I was like, I might, (laughs) I I might need some, I might need some love. I might need some help because for me, (laughs) the, the, the weight between return of the Jedi to this version of Luke is everything I've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Everything I've wanted. So when we got Last Jedi, when we finally got into the Last Jedi with Luke and he's drinking the milk and he's he's got all his issues, I was like, I get the writing there, but I was hoping to see the Grandmaster Jedi Luke who just yeah. wrecks shop, teaches people, is just ready to go. And so getting this finally, it was almost like these guys were writing a love letter to me. And then the cameo from R2 was also like, these are the two <laughs> characters from the sequels that kind of kind of got pushed aside. You know, Han got so much play and Leia got so much play, but Luke and R2, you know, they kind of they got swept aside a little bit. And now they got this cameo in this one and it was just huge. And, and did, you, did you think R2 recognized Grogu and was like, oh, my buddy and starts doing that little dance and he's like, I've seen you in the Jedi Temple or... I know Yoda and I'm connected to you and my data banks are firing because R2 got so stoked to see Grogu. There was, there's something there for sure. There's something yeah. there for sure. Yeah. I do have, I thought I you have, died on Dagobah. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. I know about this. I saw your picture on Yoda's wallet. <laughs> Yoda had a picture of you in his wallet. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, if Lucas was still in charge, he'd, he'd go back to that movie, digitally alter it. So there is a picture of Grogu and Yoda's yes. tree. I, I love that 
I love that Gideon's alive because he's just so interesting. He's so watchable. What a great actor and character. Um, you watch The Boys. He's a very similar role in The Boys. But to me, the more realistic writing is when Din beats him in that fight. Because Din just got done snapping a stormtrooper's neck. They just murdered yeah. like 500 stormtroopers. The more realistic thing is like, hey, you kidnapped my kid. And that Beskar just goes right through his skull. And I just thought we could have had a Snoke moment where it was just shocking. This great villain gets killed. To me, that would have been more realistic writing. They kept him alive. Classic plot device. But I, I thought it would have been better if Din just ended him right there. He's like, nobody takes Grogu from That me. fight was ever, ever since he got the Beskar spear. I said, I want a Beskar Spear versus Darksaber fight. I want it now. I, I figured it would probably be in the finale. But so when that finally happened, I was so excited. I loved that scene so yes. much because it, yeah, it was what I was looking forward to. And I think we have to talk about the Luke CGI. I think it's important. Um, the emotion of that scene was there, but I, I feel like they've done better. They've done better. Like to me, Tarkin and Leia were better. I agree. The emotion I think Leia there. was better. I don't know about Tarkin. I <laughs> think Leia was probably better, though. But yeah, well, because Leia, I think they, they used an actress double who just looked like her. So they were able to make up and yep. CGI. But this was Mark Hamill. So they no, had to, it was like, Mark Hamill's it. voice. But the actor was Max Lloyd. They brought in. Oh, so they did. Uh, yeah, so they did what they did. They just did. Yeah, they brought in Max Lloyd. Same kind yeah. of thing. And there was, you know. You're just there's just a little part of you that's like, I'm loving this. This is it. This is amazing. But uh, yeah, no, I it, it looked fine, well, but yeah. I, I think that when he when he spoke, I don't know his just like facial movements. Were it was off. just his jaw moving. Yeah, his, yeah. the rest of like, his face to, was just untouched. Me, it just felt very like they just stuck his face on yeah. there, kind of. But I mean, it wasn't anything that like ruined the scene. Totally, no. You no, have no, to you have to uh, comment uh, on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I have seen people kind of spend some time being really negative about it honestly i rewatched the episode and the second time through it's actually a lot better <laughs> you know what i mean like it's it's the the old thing where you know if if you think you're drinking water and it's actually sprite you'll, you'll spit it out yes. uh even if you love sprite um and that's that's yes yes it, it wasn't it was it was far from perfect uh at the same time I mean, remember what they said. We were lucky to get a season two because they finished five days before lockdown. That's right. Um, That's right. So I, I think that there may be some stuff that they couldn't go back and redo the way that they would yeah. have normally wanted to. Uh, they had to switch a lot of gears really, really quickly. Um, if we do get more Luke and they like actually cast a new younger Luke and all this stuff, yeah. they will absolutely go back and uh, and edit that in. And yeah, it, it, yeah it still it's, it still wasn't the worst thing in the world. It, it didn't no. it didn't ruin it for me at all. No. Peyton Reed. They could always go back and edit it too. I mean, we saw with the the the, the one guy in that one episode where he's the pants guy <laughs> yeah. standing next to the door. He's <laughs> not an episode anymore. Yeah. So I think it, it's possible. Game of Thrones did that. They're like every single episode in their final season where they're like, oh, whoops, goofs. Oh, let's fix it. So I think if there's like, a boom mic there, you know, if they, yeah, <laughs> like oh, yeah. Black Dynamite, love the movie. How cool was it um, when Luke, that last Dark Trooper, where Luke like just, forced crushed him and just shrunk in all his armor and just crackled everything like he 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 made short work of everyone but then they gave us that one little like watch how badass luke is by the way and he just 
crinkles this devastating warrior. It was so it was I I was cheering. I it's it's the Luke I've deserved my whole life and needed and wanted. Well, my question uh, about that is, was that appropriate for Luke to do though? Like my wife was like, is that force choke? Like, is he like a Jedi is not so about like, like that was him indulging himself. Luke's all I, about did, I did think about that for a second, but then yeah, like, it was extra. Yeah, it was everything <laughs> going back. <laughs> it was totally extra. And well, I was like, yeah, but like, that's not the Jedi way though. Right. Like it's maybe I'm wrong, but it's, it's not the Jedi way, but that would, that, that would, <laughs> no, that would only be applicable if it was a person that he was doing it to. Are you and, saying and droids why... aren't people? <laughs> Droid right. How Droid dare race. you? <laughs> Don't be racist, okay? <laughs> no, but I, I'm saying, because uh, I, I remember, you know, when The Last Jedi came out, a lot of people wanted to see Luke, like, just crushing people or having his yeah. hallway scene. But the reason we don't really get to see that in any Star Wars is because, um, the Jedi don't do that to two living beings. That's why the Jedi has <laughs> always fought against robots. That's always yeah. been been a, a thing, you know. I mean, they they do when they have to, but uh, wanton slaughter is not. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I do, and I don't. You think well, like part of Luke's thing is that at Luke as a Jedi master is always dressed in black. A lot of the other Jedi's are browns and whites. But Return of the Jedi Luke is in black because he is a he is a little bit in touch with that. You know, he is a little yeah. bit in touch Agreed. with that anger and he was trained a little different way. He never had the formal. So I think he is. I think there was a moment there, you know, just like he when was he first chokes yeah. the Gamoran guards at uh, at Jabba's palace, like just mm -hmm. a quick. I think there, I think he's a little bit in touch with that. I well, like to this one's for you, Daddy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, that's that part. <laughs> that part too is because uh, when I saw that, I was like, "Okay, that's so Anakin." Because it's the Absolutely. last, it's the last one left, and he's like, "All right, uh, I got X amount of force power left. I'm just gonna, you know, he's just extra. You know what I mean? Yes, he's, yeah. he's gonna <laughs> strut in. Beat the, the boss level for the rest of the Empire. Watch what I can. <laughs> yeah, like." Like it, that's a, I love that he's just like he gets to the final boss and he's like oh I have like a hundred mana okay well <laughs> let me do something cool here like <laughs> Anakin's force goes to send next to him like yeah force choke it I cast fireball you're like you're in a small yeah. room <laughs> there's one I droid said, you need to I, I said anyways. what I said <laughs> um, but also, I, I do agree with you, though, um, Kevin, because especially, you know, Yoda's knowledge of the Force when he teaches Luke is different and more advanced than it was when he trained all, all the Jedi before. Because it's a different Yoda. It's Yoda different had Yoda. already had to face his own darkness and all this stuff. And then, you know, later when Luke is talking to Rey and explaining the Force... You notice he explained it very differently. He was like, "There's, there's warmth and cold and light and death," uh, and he talked about the the whole thing. And so, yeah, I can I can definitely see it. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about the 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 relationship between uh, Mando and Grogu as we've seen it through, you know this this whole through line. Um, and I went with. Uh, well, Matt first, I believe. So, uh, yeah. Um, Amaya. Wait, no, I started with Amaya last time. Kevin, sorry. No, you start with. The, I don't know. Go if I it. ended with Matt, <laughs> that means I started with Amaya. It's uh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin, you got it. <laughs> uh, Kevin, their, their relationship as as we've seen it grow through these 16 chapters. So, so special. And and it was it was kind of like secretive. It was kind of secretive because me as an audience member, I woke up many times throughout the season surprised be like, this is beautiful. They're not, it's not overt. It's not explicit. They're not pushing, pushing, pushing this. And he's very gruff. And he's like, Hey, do this, do that. Take the ball. Give me that back. But it's so (laughs) sweet. And it's, it just like seeped into our psyche and into our hearts and into our minds to the point where now in the chat rooms, we're like, please, please Grogu do not choose the Jedi. Please do not choose anything if yoda's there do not choose yaddle yoda your own species you choose to become a mando and just be a rogue scoundrel bounty hunter and we just get it was just so well done and so subtle and so beautiful and of course we all knew we knew his helmet's coming off and and we we hadn't had one scene yet had we in in the entire two seasons where grogu has like touched his face and has been has been up close they went another yeah. way to not do that, even when they were eating that one time. So. That's right. They kept, they they would tease it. And Grogu looked up at that moment when he was drinking his soup and he was yeah. like. <laughs> I got, he no. wanted to know. He wanted to know. And so. so The Boston it, guy saw your face. Yes. <laughs> and it was so good how they used Luke to like deepen that relationship. And and Luke's Luke's like, he, he, he needs your permission. He needs your permission to go join the Jedi and do this crazy adventure, this new training. And. It, it, it was beautiful and, and um, you know, I was already crying when Luke showed up. I'm just in tears and I'm losing it. And then when this happened, I was like, maybe they're going to pull a big twist on us and Luke is going to leave empty handed. And Grogu's like, I'm not, I'm not budging. I'm not budging. I, it, it, I like the way it worked, but beautiful, beautiful. And of course, so I, I adopted a little girl myself. And so Star Wars has always had this um, story of adoption that the Ray story is a story of adoption and she's just as much a Skywalker with Luke and Leia than she is whatever bio family she's from. And, and, and I've always just dug that. So the story of foundlings, the story of adoption, the story of, of your, your true family can look a number of different ways. It got me, it hit me hard. And um, they, I think they just, they just, they played it out great. A lot of people are scared Grogu's not going to show up anymore. I'm like, no, Din has promised he's going to go look in. And then we get crazy Luke training Grogu montages. And yeah, we're going to see Grogu. Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's Kylo Ren's a, he's like, I think a 10, 11, 12, maybe 15 years old this time. Choco, you know the yep. timelines. How old, is, how old is Kylo Ren right now? Like seven or eight? Uh, Yeah, around seven or eight. I mean, I, I believe he was born in, in five BBY. Um, uh, yeah, beautiful. I love it. The fa- whole foundling concept, we're going to see more of. I believe season three is going to really hit on that. Um, thought it was great. Yeah, and you know, I that that was the main reason I didn't think it was going to be Luke is because I felt if Luke shows up, Grogu has to go with him. If someone lesser shows up, that lesser person can join their crew and go on adventures. So that's why I was really pulling for that. But you know, I'm I'm happy that we got what we got. Uh, how about you, Matt? Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, it's speaking of adoption and just like thinking about it, it's like, well, isn't that the the less the life of every Skywalker? I mean, Anakin left his mother as a child and was adopted by Qui-Gon, who died. And then it was Obi-Wan and he's trying to find his way in the world. And he's at this point, a child soldier. 
And then like Luke is the same way. Same with Leia. There are Leia. They are they're adopted. And Ray, it only makes sense that she would be adopted. And yeah, it was later on in life, but adoption can really happen at any point in your life. And totally. like you watch The Force Awakens, and she's like Solo, like that's uh, Papa. Like take me, let me be. You know, and he was going to do that had yep. she not been stubborn about like, oh well, where's my family? And so like for me, it's like it's Star Wars one on one. Yeah. Even Finn. I mean, look at Finn. I think what Poe's like the only person who has an actual family in in Star Wars. Finn was taken from his parents as a kid. He didn't even get a nickname because according to the books, he he was like an outcast even among Empire soldiers. So then they gave him a nickname. And so like you look at this entire history of just Star Wars, Solo, Chewbacca. I mean, it's like for me, it's you, you hit it right on the head when you start when you said like, oh, adoption. I'm like, oh shit, like that's. It's like, it. that's that's everything. That's everything. It's about family. It's about adoption. It's like, you know, Darth Vader's like, I'm your father. And, you know, Luke's like, well, I mean, like, you murdered my parents. Remember, you like your soldiers let them on fire. And then you killed my like best friend, uncle kind of person. So like, I hear my dad, but also I loved people and you killed all of them. So yeah. it's like three. It's just let me show you I my three that. other dads. My three other dads. <laughs> yeah. that I That's why I yeah. always I always chuckle at at Leia comforting Luke uh, after Ben's death because a she just met him. Uh, <laughs> B she knows more about Obi Wan than he does. <laughs> mm-hmm. C she was just tortured. <laughs> Yeah. D laying there posing like no big deal. I'm laying. I'm a boss. <laughs> D everyone she's yeah. ever met and ever knows on her planet is dead. Leia's <laughs> tough, dude. She's she's, but she's like, those. they're there. Like, do you need something? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, like sad. I just lost everyone. <laughs> your your weird uncle that li- clearly lied to you about your entire life and lineage. I'll, I'll comfort you. Like, you need like willfully. Died. I was calling him, not you. Like, <laughs> yeah. that was my contact. But yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, and as a dad, as a point out, as a dad, it's hard to not watch The Mandalorian. And like, I have a three year old son, so for me, it's just watching Grogu as he has more and more mannerisms and more and more personality. It's like, that's my son. Like, you know, a few months ago, he couldn't say X, Y, Z. And now he's speaking in sentences and talking and growing and potty training. And it's like, we see that. And that moment where like, he looks like he wants your permission. It's like, Grogu doesn't like, if, if Mando would have said, no, I changed my mind. I don't think Grogu would have went. Like he, he a part of him was like, I gotta follow the force. I've been there. But part of him's like, Dad, don't like I love do you. I and it's just like, do I get yeah. the release? Yeah. I'm happy and that so, we got like, the release without him having to white fang him and be like, get yeah, out of no, here. Yeah. And so it's you know, it's it's for me, it's just like it's it's really hard as a father, as a parent to watch that and you're like, oh man, like he just gave up his everything. Like he had finally opened up. Look what he did to get this far. He killed so many people. He has done everything, his code, his religion is gone. And now he did all for this child and this child's gone now. And it's like, I'm really interested what force could bring them back together. Like, cause we know there are, there are the first order is going to be rising soon. Like we see it through stars resistance, the show that like the first order has kind of been there. We know Moff Gideon is probably part of the first order in some he's working with Tarkin. Like there's some reason to bring them back together. And for me, it's just like, I, I love that father-son aspect and I want more of it. So I just am excited to see how everything goes, how, you know, my whole theory was 
are we going to see, you know, whoever joins the crew be like the mother, other father kind of thing? And you're going to have this like diet of like two and a half men kind of thing of like, oh, well, I'm his father, as Mando said. He's like, well, I'm training him. And he's like, well, look, this is how you raise him. So I still hope we get that. I still hope like I would love to see Mando telling Luke how to raise his son. Yeah. So that's and I've always thought Luke, Luke has had multiple classes or multiple temples. Yeah. You know, we mm-hmm. saw him at like one of his later temples in the in the last Jedi uh, flashbacks. And so maybe this is like his first batch of students that he's got going. And yeah, I, I definitely think they have to reunite. The fans will revolt. The fans will revolt. Well, it's also I, I want to see little Kylo. It's not like he can't go see him. You know what I mean? But uh, your thoughts on he it? Amaya? Promised he, would. he promised he would. I really love their bond so much. And it hurt. So That's why I was crying so much because it hurt so bad to see them have to separate and I was at I was at the store today and I saw this shirt and it was like Mando and Grogu on like a shirt together and I was like I don't know I'm not about to start crying in the store right now like it (laughs) hurts so bad because I just I okay when I first started watching the Mandalorian it was like the very first Star Wars I had besides the sequels because I saw the sequels in theaters but it was the first Star Wars I had watched after taking a very long break from Star Wars, just because I wasn't that into it. And I'm kind of mad at Dave Filoni for kicking Ahsoka out of the Jedi Order. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, so it was kind of the thing that got me like back into Star Wars like a lot, like big time. Um, and so when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, baby Yoda's cute. Like that was <laughs> first, that was like my first opinion. So he's always been like really special to me and like their bond, just because he's like, I just love him so much. Um, but so, yeah, it was really painful, the end of the episode, <laughs> to see them. And I knew it was going to happen, too. I was like, there's no way, like, he's not going to say no. That just doesn't make sense. Like, I knew he was going to go with whatever Jedi showed up. Um, and so I knew it was going to happen, and it was, it just hurt a lot. <laughs> but I do think that we'll see them reunite. So that eased the pain a little bit. Do you think your dad's going to cry tonight when you watch it with him? You think he's going to be like, come here, baby Yoda, come here, help me yeah. hold you. I don't think so. I think my, I think my mom might because she's like a mom. She's like, oh, baby Yoda's so cute. But I don't You're think- my baby Yoda. <laughs> we started, sometimes we call, so I have like a really tiny dog. So sometimes we call him Grogu because he has like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How could you he's not? Funny. How could you not? I call my daughter Grogu. I'm just like. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I I have to, uh, I, I gotta ask that the question that a lot of people are, are, are talking about is, um, is Kylo Ren going to be responsible for, uh, for, uh, for Grogu's, uh, eventual downfall? Well, what do you, what do you guys think? I say no. I say no. I believe, I believe the way it's going to work. I think we're in for, I think we're in for like four seasons, four or five seasons for Mando. And my prediction is the end, whatever, however it works out, the end is Mando and Grogu being a family and being Mandalorians, foundling Mandalorian and, and helping, you know, I think season three is going to be all about rebuilding Mandalore. A lot of the lore you've talked about, Chaco with Bo-Katan, and I think that's going to be a huge storyline going back, you know, taking the rubble of this kingdom and rebuilding it. And I think the final arc of all of this is Grogu's force sensitive, super powerful, but ultimately he wants to be a Mando and he wants to be with um, Din and, and they go off and, and they get out of the temple before 
um, Kylo and Snoke and that whole saga starts and they're removed from it. That's my, that's my guess. So I don't, I, I say, no, I say we get the happy ending. We all want roundabout after a couple seasons with, with Din and Grogu into the sunset. Okay. Oh, I, I, I like it. Uh, and, and Matt. Um, so to directly answer that question, I think, like I said, we, we've kind of figured out the age Kylo Ren was like at least an older young adult teenager before he decided to go haywire and was like, praise be to Snoke and worked well, with the Knights like, of Ren and all that. He stuff. was like 23 at that point. So that means we're still like, what, 10 years away from that? So unless we like do a heavy time skip, which is possible, I don't think he's going to have anything to do with Grogu. I think Grogu will be gone by then um, because like we're all on the assumption that like so Grogu is going to Luke to train to be a Jedi. But what if like he's not good at it or he constantly keeps thinking about Mando like totally. he's going to give into the dark side. And if we are going to like the, the building Mandalore, a big part of Mandalore rebuilding would be foundlings. If Mando himself, if Din is responsible for foundlings and then he gets news that like Grogu doesn't want to be a Jedi, he's going to be like, well, if I'm in charge of foundlings and I'm in charge of recruiting foundlings and getting all these kids and people to join Mandalore, like I want my boo back, you know, I want my little my little Grogu back. So I think like that's going to probably be like once you said that, I was like, oh, that's probably what the next season is going to be about of rebuilding Mandalore, because we are going to get Bo-Katan. That's probably going to be episode one is Bo-Katan versus Din in a fight. And if Din has a reason to fight and he wins, you know, it's for me, it's like, then he's in charge of Mandalore. And what do you do from there? So either way, I don't think Kylo Ren's going to kill anyone. No, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be connected. And and it could also be too that Luke is like, man, Grogu, things are going good. This just, this just isn't for you. This just isn't for you. I'm going to, you, you're going in this direction and in my wisdom i see i see a different path for you yeah and amaya your thoughts on it i agree i don't think we'll see that happen Could, just because i feel like we will get like a conclusion to grogu's story as the mandalorian finishes and i don't think that lines up like with the timeline really um whether it be happy or sad i don't really have any predictions for grogu's actual ending that we'll get like you guys do i just am along for the ride kind of to see what happens (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) nothing wrong with that so my and it's not because i always have to clarify there are certain things i don't want it to happen but for a storytelling standpoint this is a, a possibility that i see right uh because because we know you know how how slowly Grogu ages and yes it does accelerate just like kids do when they hit their teen years. Um, I just remember how many people had trouble seeing Luke the way that he was in the Last Jedi. What could make him go down that path? And you know, for me, it's it was I was always made sense of like if you've been taking these force sensitive children from around the galaxy and you're taking care of them, you're responsible. And this kid that you see darkness that you suspect might ruin things does. It's the worst thing that could happen. That's the absolute (laughs) worst thing because, and he sees that it could happen, but can't do anything about it because that's his nephew. And, you know, if we love, you know, Grogu this much, and that happens, like that is enough to break a man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, does 
<laughs> it I, informs I feel like that it's... writing. It informs that like that Ryan Johnson writing. It definitely builds strength into that writing. But especially him saying, "I will protect Grogu with my life." Yes, and that was a beautiful what's... line. That was a beautiful line. For me, it's uh, now that I'm thinking about it too. Snoke has to know about this. Like Snoke's is coming around to his time. Wouldn't like are we should we we should we be worried about Snoke and Gideon and Thrawn or Tarkin? You know, uh, like building this. Are they going to go after Grogu? He went after Kylo, and Kylo is super force sensitive. That's the reason he chose him. Are we going to see Snoke? Like, I mean, that's the whole thing. That's with the Mandalorian. It's like, hey, we're in the sequel era. We're going to be getting more sequel characters. Are we going to see some more of other sequel characters that are of age? And we know that the main characters aren't, but Snoke would be there. We know Phasma would be there. We know Hux would be there. So it's like, I'm interested. Some some characters could start popping in for sure. And that whole redemption, like the way Clone Wars did for prequels. Also, we can... uh, we can also surmise that because um, Snoke slash Palpatine had his hooks in Kylo Ren already um, yeah. from from childhood. So at the time of the Mandalorian, Palpatine's already in his mind. Uh, so yeah. that's that's a crazy thought. And I, I kind of thought that the reason that they were experimenting, you know, with Gro- Grogu's blood is because... Um, Palpatine hasn't been able to get a strand cast body strong enough to be useful. And he's like trying to do everything he can. And they're doing experiments on it just to get to that point. So yeah, I see the, you know, these are seeds and they, they may be building up to something, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, also, this is kind of a tangent, but I had to touch on something Amaya said, um, because you talked about <laughs> Dave Filoni uh, kicking Ahsoka out of the Jedi Order. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to point out that he had to, like George Lucas would always uh, joke and be I like, get it. <laughs> so are we going to kill Ahsoka this week or not? Nah? <laughs> because, just... because she's not in the movies. She has to go yep. somewhere. But mm-hmm. my question is in that episode, uh, she may consider it different, but is she, is she a Jedi again? I mean, she had, she had the beads. She was very respectful to the order in you know i just uh because i just did an episode on the mortis arc and we got to see um an older ahsoka talk to her like you know with her guilt like warning her about following anakin as her master and we got to see uh them bring out the evil in her um during that arc and you know it was anakin's teachings that really drove that wedge and then in Rebels, she fought Vader and saw that it was Anakin. And I'm sure that utterly broke her. But I'm curious if at that point she was like, oh, maybe they had a point. <laughs> All the stuff they were warning us about. Yeah, I I guess I guess I could see how that could lead to the dark side. <laughs> you know, she talks about the best of us. Uh, but Anyway, that was just a, a side point. I just yeah. wanted to, to bring and it real quick. for the record, I was, gosh, I think I was like 11 or something oh, okay. when it aired. So I was like tiny and they just got rid of my favorite character. And that's why I was upset. The heck with the show. It wasn't like, yeah, this wasn't like high school year. Anything. <laughs> it was just, that was my only opinion was I was so upset that I just stopped watching Star Wars. <laughs> but now it's I'm back. I have a question though. I think, 
I think Chaco, you bring up a good question. Like the era, the era of what a Jedi is always changes. So like in the, in the prequels, it's very official in the high Republic. We're going to see even more official, you know, with the badge and where the peacekeepers of the galaxy. But as we get later and later, like a Luke era Jedi is very fishy. Like there's a lot of unofficial things. And so, so if, if Ahsoka calls herself that, um, I think she's doing it in like the spiritual way. She's doing it like the spiritual mm-hmm. cousin way um, with no disrespect. She knows about when she was in it, they were too political. Even in that Mortis episode, Qui-Gon shows up and he talks to everyone. So Qui-Gon has like this special mm-hmm. moment in that arc and he, and he gives like teaching and he was the rebel Jedi. You know, he was the Jedi who wasn't the Jedi. He did everything different and, and um, you know, wanted to do things a little bit more rebellious. So I, yeah, that's a good question. I, I think she sees herself representing them, but maybe like as a spiritual cousin, you know. Yeah. I think it's like Ronin and Samurai because like so mm-hmm. we saw her episode, which is Mando is Westerns. Ahsoka's getting her own show. It's not going to be a Western. It's likely going to be a Kurosawa, you know, uh, Samurai old school kind of Samurai Ronin kind of thing. And I think in that essence of is she a Jedi was like a Ronin is a samurai but but not really like they've got the trainings of it they've got the they follow the rules to an extent but like at the end of the day they don't call themselves samurai they're ronin so i think like if she's she's getting her own show i think that's where they're going to go with it i think they're going to start really diving into like the whole samurai ronin jedi connection that has always been there which is awesome because that's what i wanted i wanted ben to survive and have that arc of just Traveling around trying to gain repentance. But that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. That's great. Um, all right. So is there that two questions? Is there anything that you would have changed about this this season? And what do you want to see next next season? What do you what do you want? Uh do we got any any predictions in, in the house? Uh, I'm going to uh I'm gonna Matt first on this one. Uh so what would I change about this? Um I kind of wish Grogu, I know we kind of always joke about like Grogu saving the day, but like Grogu had a lot to do in the first season in terms of the force. And in this season, he kind of didn't do anything with the force. So I wish he would have done a little more force stuff. I like, like, you know, take the the force push, force pull. Like we saw him like wreck those two stormtroopers. But other than that, he really was kind of just like as an active character, very passive. And that's what I would prefer to change that. Let Grogu, he's talking more, he's doing more. Like, he should actively be doing, you know, like he choked Cara Dune. And like, he used this force like 20 times maybe in the season one. And this time it's like three. And he force pulls a ball two out of those three times. So that's <laughs> the one thing I would change. Um, and the other question was? Um, uh, predictions. What do you want to see next next season? What do you think we're going to see? Um, that type of thing. I hope they start really bringing this into the sequel era that it is in. Um, I love all the sequel stuff going on behind the scenes, like uh, Star Wars Squadrons, the video game. It takes place in the the, the sequel era. Uh, Star Wars Resistance takes place in the sequel era. So, like, there's a lot there. Like, Captain Pyre, I just saw him on Star Wars Resistance. So I was like, oh, a gold phasma. Like, yes, this stuff. Like, I want (laughs) to see... I don't know if it would be official yet, but I want to see the first First Order Stormtrooper change. Like, I want them to move out of the old original trilogy era stormtrooper outfits and move into the first order. And I want the first order to be there so we can finally be great. If there's a transitional suit 
another yeah. stormtrooper toy to buy, and like a transitional suit between the two. That'd be great. And can I? Can I? I want, that's what I want to see. Heavily recommend uh, the book Bloodline. Um, yes, Bla- I'll, I'll Bloodline by Claudia Gray. Uh, you've probably heard everyone who likes Star Wars books talk about Claudia Gray because she is incredible. She's the top. But um, the top. Bloodline, it's like it's. Uh, seven years before The Force Awakens, and it's just an incredible book all about Leia. I will probably read it before the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> also, Claudia Claudia Gray's Leia book, her just her regular Leia book is yeah. Princess a beautiful of story on adoption and parenting, and um, it's great. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, Amaya, you're. Uh... I know you said you were uh, <laughs> along for the ride, but is there anything you would have changed at least? Um, well, I didn't really have any predictions for what's going to happen to Grogu like in the long term. I do have predictions for next season, but as far as what I would change, I kind of agree that I wish we would have seen more of Grogu's like power maybe being explored and demonstrated. And I also wish that we would have maybe seen a little bit more of his backstory just because Ahsoka was like, he has a backstory. And then we were like, oh. Show it. it. Oh, cool. He has one. And she's like, yes, (laughs) moving on. And you're like, no. (laughs) But that is, that's also one of my predictions for the next season or maybe the season after is that we will start to see more of that within future seasons. I also think that next season, like we'll go into like the conflict with the dark saber between Mando and Bo-Katan and like Mandalore like I feel like it's going to focus on that uh, more specifically. Yeah. Real quick, was was Grogu at the Jedi Temple when is it being destroyed? Do they clarify whether he left before that happened or he left during it? They don't that clarify it. Uh, because that, if he's there, like, is he going to go like, oh, I'm going back to school. And then he's going to have like Vietnam War flashbacks to the last time he was in class, like hiding in a closet, shaking. And we're going to see like Aiden Christensen, like walk in the room and just start like swinging his saber. <laughs> like, ah, and flash forwards to Luke. Like, all right, Grogu, take us up. He's going to like, ah. like, he's, he's going to look, I just at, wanted to put that. Up. <laughs> he's going to look at little Ben and, and get those flashbacks. Yeah. In legends, Luke had some different temples. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Chaco, Luke never used the Coruscant Temple. That's always been abandoned. Yeah. He never, he never went back. He had a Yavin Correct. Temple. He had some Most different. Most was on locations. Yavin, yeah. But yeah, PTSD. If you're a Jedi, you always have PTSD. If you're a Jedi, your parents have been murdered at some point. That's just across the case for everybody. There's, there's always PTSD. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, Kevin, your further thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be heavy on Mandalore lore, Mandalore lore. We need a new term for that. Um, I don't know how we're going to say that too much. I think it's just going to be deep in that. And then what feeds into that to me is building the Din Djarin character development. So who are his birth parents? And I think that's like going to be a big mystery that will be really fun to explore. Same as Amaya was saying, the backstory for Grogu, like there's two huge mysteries. Who were Din Djarin's birth parents? And then what did his adoption um, uh, Mando parents look like? And what were they like? And what was their belief? And let's get the armorer back. I loved that side character. Did she survive that battle? Let's get some of that. So I think it's going to be deep Mandalore lore. Huge character development for Din. More helmet off. He's, he's, He's already absorbed so much from all the different Mandalorians around him. He's got something from Boba Fett. He's got, you know, I love how he just calls Boba Fett, 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 what up? 
And then he's gotten stuff from Bo-Katan and he's learning more and more about who he is and what he is. He, he's, to me, the parallel is that Grogu is is more mature and, and Din is just this child who's waking up and learning so much. He knew how to kill and kidnap, but now he's he's learning spirituality. And so I think we'll get all those character development. For a couple of things I would have changed for this season, I wanted one more big reveal. I mean, that's very selfish because there were so many great <laughs> reveals. Like if you get if you get Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker in live action, that's crazy. That's I never dreamed in a million years we'd get all that. But I wanted one more big reveal, maybe something, maybe something to touch back into, like Bib, Matthew. Bib Fortuna was a. Uh... Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I never thought we would see someone strolling down the stairs of Jabba's palace again. When that happened, because that's one of my favorite sequences in all of Star Wars. You're right. The Bib Fortuna was good. So he survived. He, he survived the big explosion, apparently, and just became a fat gangster who's <laughs> who's just running shop. I, I got a lot of my fans and followers were like it's called the book of boba i thought we were getting a show and i was like no it's like the book of business it's like the book of gangster like he's yeah. he's running the show in like gangster town now and uh that was that was the best post credit scene i think that i'd ever seen and they just yeah. they just came in and killed everyone no questions just <laughs> shoot everybody kill them not all. the slave girls not yeah, the yeah except, legs, the, except not, the slave you're oh, right but like like ming the wind's like smile after everyone's dead was like Oh man, yeah, chugging the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, we're here for all the killing. We're here for all the killing. Um, but yeah, I, I think one more big reveal. Um, what I was always hoping was was there'd be a force ghost. Tie in the prequels with like a Qui Gon force ghost. Tie in the prequels with like a an Obi Wan force ghost. Bring in just a little guidance, a little extra spiritual guidance. Man, it was really good. Maybe maybe uh, I'm trying to think of the episodes that were that were less plot forward that we could have changed. But with eight episodes, I mean, that's tight. You're really tight. I think to me, the directors did better this year. I thought they were tight. Yeah. They were, they were clean. It was, uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. But I think it's gonna be all about Mandalore next year and character development for Din. Like what are his mysteries? What are Grogu's mysteries? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I feel that one of the things that this season was lacking was character development of Din specifically. I mean, yes, yes, we we have a great arc from him, um, chapter one through chapter eight. And I was going to bring that up with uh, uh, chapter one through chapter 16. I was going to bring that up when you mentioned the Book of Boba, because this whole show has been chapters. So it's, it's not, you know, not unrelated. But um, with... We, we didn't get we didn't find out why he is the way he is. We don't really know what his goals are. Where does he go from here? Um, mm. What what is what does he want? <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, uh, I don't think he knows. <laughs> and, and I I mean, I think that's kind of like you said, like he, in a sense, is a child. He like uh, I, I saw Grogu as a representation of himself. And he's saving himself from this this killing life that he has, yes. and by doing that is just warming up himself. Um, but I, I do feel like we could have got more because in this season, I feel like really three episodes really developed him, 
and a lot of the other ones were introducing other potential shows, uh, which isn't bad. Yeah. I'm here for all of them. It's the Age of Ultron treatment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, you're, and then, you're right. You're right. That's the big loss. It was yeah. we needed more. We needed more about Din. We needed more about Din. There was so much going on. You know, a lot of season twos are launching other things. And like, so we're getting like four shows out of this. We're getting no. the, the Rangers of the Republic, the Ahsoka, the Boba Fett. You know, we're getting and, and maybe a Luke trilogy or a Luke. So, so we're getting all this stuff coming out of here. But meanwhile, we're like, Din, more <laughs> motivation, more backstory. What was your home planet like? What, you know, what if what if he turns out to be from, you know, you know, something very special That's in Star Wars lore? <laughs> I, I felt like Jeff Goldblum uh, in Jurassic Park of like knocking on the window, like, can we get a little bit more uh, Mandalorian in the, <laughs> in the Mandalorian? Uh, uh, a prediction I have is the reason that Moff Gideon um, is left alive. So the Mandalorians have been displaced from their planet. They're all over the place. So they're going to have to go and reunite the clans to take back their world. Take it back from who? Yeah, a bunch of warrior clans too. Like to rebuild that, people are angry. But the the question is, take it back from who? Who's, who's occupying? Who's, who's occupying the world right now? We know mm. we know that Moff Gideon was there. He was part of the conquering force. That's how he knew Dinjarin by name. Right. No one knew his name. He never took off his mask, but he called him Dinjar and he was the first person to say that name in season one. Right. So he knows the Jaren clan or whatever. Uh, so, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that the reason that he's alive is because they're going to need him to help get them back to the planet? Are we are yep. we going to find out that there is an even you know, bigger bad that is currently running it um, as some sort of refinery to scrape up any last bit of Beskar for um, first order, final order uh, purposes. And are you pitching a Gideon versus Thrawn fight? Uh, I don't want to. So Thrawn, <laughs> I, I need him to be on, on the the Ahsoka side, and like I have, you can I have a whole a whole pitch tie together for, for, for Thrawn, but. Um, You're right. You're right. What if there's a monster empire outpost on Mandalore and there's some stuff going? That's a great call, Chaco. That's a great call. And whoever is running that is is the person. And if they are on Mandalore, that means that next season we could be going up against troops, troopers and ex-Mandalorians, kind of like we saw in Rebels who mm-hmm. also have Beskar gear. And so that's no longer a get-out-of-jail-free card. No um, more just running around with grenades. Uh, <laughs> who's in charge of Mandalore right now? Can, can Bo-Katan be like, well, I don't want to fight you, Din, but there's someone else in charge, so you go fight them, and I'll fight the winner. Like, is is that an option? Who's currently in charge right now? We, we don't know. We, I we mean, Din, he be a figurehead? Like, we in end, it, we end the season with Din as the Lord of He's, Mandalore. Yeah. Like, he is... Yeah. He's, and that's going to create a lot of problems for a lot of people. He doesn't even know what it is to be a Mandalorian, and he's in charge of them. Yep. <laughs> Plus, like new first order. Everyone keeps their helmets on from now on. I'm not the only one anymore. 
Plus, there's no way that he knows how to use a Darksaber because we've only seen him fight with a spear and, and a, a staff doesn't translate, right? No, Sorry. he's going to cut his hand off, just like Luke. <laughs> I, I, I had to. It was low-hanging fruit. Um, but yeah, this this was awesome. I can't wait to find out more. we got to wait a full year That's crazy. Oh for this. That's crazy. For this. We'll be hopping to the Bad Batch soon. Um, we already got, you know, Andor's already filming. Um, and so we're going to have plenty of stuff to, to keep us. To keep the us whole High Republic time. launch of comics, books, and a, a secret yep. animated show that they might be dropping. Um, High Republic's going to be fun to some bedside reading. I can't wait. Charles Soule, uh, the first book, Light of the, of the Jedi, They've already released the first eight chapters online, so you can jump into it, start reading it right now. And I was shocked at how much I was drawn into it. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I, I young can't, Yoda, I can't wait. young seven hundred year old Yoda, yeah, out on missions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't wait. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for for coming on. Um, where can we find you and uh, all your stuff? And we'll go to uh, Kevin first. Yeah, always Toy Blaster Forever is my handle on everything, um, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And uh, I'm going to be launching a new, just Kevin Wright, the Kevin Wright show. And um, we'll, you know, I'll I'll take people into my toy collection. I'll take people into more of the personal side of things, how Star Wars uh, interacts with my regular life. So you'll see that pop up on TikTok too. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Can't wait to see it. And uh, how about you, Matt? Uh, I just do TikTok right now. I did it for fun like two months ago. So um, mine's the Storytime Guy. I do all things across Disney because I, I work for Disney, but that's irrelevant to all this. Um, and yeah, I just I just love Disney as a whole. Star Wars, Marvel. I name my son Peter after Peter Pan and Peter Parker. So uh, if you like all of Disney, follow me on the Storytime Guy for just TikTok. Yeah, and also, I love uh, that you're dipping into other cultures, lore and stories, too. That's that's really oh, cool because yeah. we uh, there's a lot of it. We just we just don't don't get you have to go looking for it. Um, yeah, so that, thank oh, you. yeah, I have a free fairy tale book coming out. It's called Fairy Tales Not From Europe. I'm going to be releasing it probably on Christmas Day. Free book with like 40 fairy tales and all the fairy tales are not from Europe. So pre-Hispanic Aztec culture, China, uh, Armenia, uh, Japan, Africa, African-American. So Beautiful. all that fun stuff. So follow me on TikTok for updates on that too. Love it. Thank you so much. And uh, Amaya? Um, I am jarjar.bonk on <laughs> TikTok and <laughs> and the other podcast that i do with my friend micah is called it happens it's on youtube we have our new episode going up tonight where we talk about the finale because we've done one episode for every episode and then next week we're doing a holiday special where we live react to the holiday specials so that's good <laughs> uh, excited for that. sorry lego holiday special or the holiday special nope, the original one <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> get, it, get out the drinks. Get out the drinks. I was going to say, I've seen it. Never sober. But I've seen, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen all I've seen is that Chewbacca's son is named Lumby. And then I was laughing. Uh, off. <laughs> so there's so the, much worse. It's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> I've heard. No, my, my brother's seen it. And he's just, he's so strange. He's crazy. Amaya, will you promise to take 
some video footage of you before watching it and then after because you see the soul and happiness yes, having left your eyes happen in your- <laughs> my favorite part is when b arthur from the golden girls sings uh, a song to a to a slowed down version of the cantina song <laughs> what i can't what? wait just one more You're round treat, friends Maya. yeah I, I i remember the song it's it haunts me uh, but <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, I can't wait to have each and every one of you guys back. Um, the hard thing about doing this podcast is there's so many awesome creators that I want to talk Star Wars with, and there's just not enough time or things. But we just got so many new projects that uh, there probably will be. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned, and uh, may the Force be with you always. Me too. I'm going to say one. All right. <laughs>